Before we get to today's episode of Off the Bench on the Wizards Podcast Network, we want to remind you to download the Wizards app as the season approaches. On the go and in the palm of your hand, the official Washington Wizards team app is your mobile home for all things Wizards. Everything you need to know when it comes to game previews and recaps, radio broadcasts and stats, all at the touch of a button. You can even access the Monumental Sports Network and the Wizards Podcast Network with ease. Download the official Wizards team app today. What's up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. I'm Jackson Filio, joined as always by Zach Rosen of Wizards Digital, and we are lucky enough to get some time today with Mo Wagner. Uh, we're recording this in the middle of the team's four-game road trip, and we know, Mo, that downtime is tough to come by these days, so we appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day to speak with us. No problem. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. So let's go back in time about a month. TB goes down with a knee injury and the whole kind of complexion of this front court group changes. Um, what were the conversations like among you and Robin and Rui and coaches around that time, just about how your guys' roles and responsibilities were going to change for the rest of the season? I mean, there aren't really conversations about it. It's like, you know, you just know just by because it's so obvious you know as soon as he goes down obviously the first thought is just went down he's hurt and that's like your brother is in a, in a predicament and you don't want to be hurt serious and then the messed up thing about it is you gotta tie your shoes and like you're next you know so it's kind of got a next up mentality and um yeah i think everybody's professional enough to to embrace that for the, you know, that was a really crazy, like, week right there. Uh, Brad couldn't play in that game. You know, it, yeah. it, it was just, like, bad vibes that whole day. I think it was January uh, 9th. And then you guys get a big win over Phoenix on the 11th. And the next day, you and Rui are placed in the protocols. And, you know, what was it like for you just kind of going through that process and and now that you're over it, like you reflect on that time, like what did you just take away from that experience? I mean, I, I'm sure you were so bored and just wanted to, to get out on the court, but you, you, you just were in a position where you kind of had to just stay put and, and wait for the, the system to, you know, take place and, you know, run its course. Yeah. You, you, all you have is trust. Like it's all literally all you have access to. You get, just got to trust the people and, empower that know their stuff and uh, know what they're doing that they're doing the right thing and just do what they do tell you to you know um it sucks because you you get a good win against phoenix and you start to get feel like okay we can get some momentum now after a tough start of the season and then that night i, I got the call you're in protocol so it's like a it's a media shift of 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 kind of um things that happen in your life and mentality and then you have personal things you have to figure out too because my parents were going to come and I couldn't have I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't do that then so I had to plan the whole next two weeks differently than I originally planned on so uh, there's a lot playing into it that you don't see from the outside you know and then the second week of being at home it's just like dude like I feel great now I want to get out 
Like, let me play. Let me do something. You know. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting situation, but it's one of these things where you got to make a decision for yourself. Okay, am I whining? Am I gonna? Am I just gonna like sulk here, or am I embracing this adversity and deal with it? And um, I kind of came to the, the point pretty quickly that okay, I'll just I'll just get through this and be better after. Yeah, what did you kind of do to pass the time then? And obviously, I think it made it a little easier that you ended up not missing too many like actual games because unfortunately of how rampant it was within the whole team. Yeah, you're in an interesting dilemma there because yeah, obviously your primary incentive is not to miss games. So you kind what? of relieved, but at the same time you feel bad because even though it doesn't make sense, you, you're somewhat responsible for people sitting out and everybody else waiting. You know, so it's 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 an interesting emotional dilemma you're in there. But I mean, honestly, the first week I was just hanging out, trying to feel better. And then the second week, uh, I watched a lot of TV, watched basketball again, started to like move again around the house, use like little project around the house, reorganizing the closet and stuff like that, just to get going. I have a I have a nice little rooftop that's small, but I. I would just like once, twice a day for an hour, I would just run and circ- walk in circles um, <laughs> just to get my, uh, just to get my legs moving. I think the neighbors around, because I live in the city and they're like high towers around, they were like, see me twice a day. I was like, this dude is crazy. What is he doing yeah. out there? But it, it felt, it just felt good for me just because you can't go outside. You can't go on a walk or nothing. And it was good for me to catch some, catch a breeze and kind of get the legs moving a little bit. Well, it's a real shame we don't have that video of you just jogging in circles on the road. <laughs> It'll be a long-ass, boring video, I'll tell you that. <laughs> the same thing over and over again. Like a hamster on a wheel. Seriously, I was, uh, I, I think I might have looked like a crazy person, but I just took care of all my FaceTimes, caught up with my family out there, and just kept walking because uh, one thing that really happens when you just lie down all, all day for a week, you become like, I started getting back pain just from like, doing something I'm not used to. So I was like, okay, I got to get moving again. Otherwise, this is getting worse. <laughs> Let's talk about the ramp up process a little bit. We had Ryan Richmond on here a couple weeks ago, who was taking us through everything that went into designing that process from a coach's side and making sure they were maximizing that limited time that they did have with you guys. From a player's perspective, what was that week or so? I don't know if I have the timetable right, but once you got back in the building and we're trying to work your way back to game action. I believe the, the team was on the road at that time. What was that time like just trying to get back in game shape? For me personally, um, it was also, again, like I, you just trust the people in, in a position that determined that. So Ryan, obviously, since he's the basketball coordinator in that, in that arrangement, but also the medical people, they know exactly how many sprints, what exactly we allowed to do what we should be able to do at this point and you just trust it and just go by your work. I remember my first day um, asked after we were cleared, I like, I couldn't sleep because I was so excited. It was like a game day, you know, first game of the season, just because you've been sitting around for two weeks and you realize how much you actually miss basketball, regardless of the environment and situation. So um, that, that was, obviously it was exciting to be able to go back to the gym and, the first couple of days are hard because your body is just not uh, kind of, I don't know, accustomed to, to the work you usually put in. But I 
surprisingly felt great. Um, I've, I've overcome those two weeks pretty well and didn't lose any weight or anything. So I'm actually kind of happy how I, I got through it. I know this, you know, this stretch since you guys came back has been super up and down, you know, like super highs against Brooklyn and Miami. And then the other two games have kind of been duds, but from like the outside looking in, I feel like a lot of people just judge it game by game, but you guys are almost like kind of going through preseason again in a way, because you haven't played together. You have a new guy like Alex Len step in. You're still trying to figure out all the, all your rotations again, get everyone reacclimated with your, your synergy playing together. So what has it been like on the inside, just trying to do all this, especially with 16 games in 28 days and not a lot of practice time and, and everything going on? Honestly, I don't even try to see it as such because, like, the league is so crazy. Like you said that day in Miami, like, I feel like there's any – every day there's something going on, you know. Nothing always – there's nothing works after plan. Like, there's so many seasons within a season, and that has been the case in every – each of those three seasons I've been in the league. So, I, I just – like, I just I just don't think it works like that, that there is a consistency in – in uh, in anything, so you you that's part of being a professional. You kind of got to adjust to adversity quickly, and embrace that. If it's a different guy on the team, a different rotation, different environment, those are things you just got to kind of get used to. That they're never consistent, and kind of find your own consistency within that. If that makes sense. So, I think that's a process we got to yeah figure out. Um, like you said, we have. With games where we look unbelievable, and then there are games like yesterday where we struggle, and it's these highs and lows, and we kind of got to find a way to be consistent with all the stuff that's going on without using that as an excuse. When did you feel like you realized that? Because, you know, I know it's only your third year, but there's a lot of first, second, third year guys on this team that probably, you know, might not realize that or are just realizing that. And it's just interesting to hear you say that. Um, I mean, it's just experience in those three years that I've had. I mean, I've been traded after my first year. I had a crazy first rookie season in L.A. Um, so I don't know if that maybe opened my eyes a little bit um, because yeah. that clearly has been the craziest year yet, my first year. But at the same time, like, I think you'll pick up on that pretty quickly that there's never, okay, you have a game and you have two days break, then you have a game again, then you have two days break. That just doesn't happen. Like you have back to backs, the schedule's all messed up all the time. People are hurt. Um, you get new guys. Uh, people get double technicals or ejections <laughs> and are out the next game. Like you always got to like step up somehow. And I always tell myself to live in the eye of the, of the tornado, like to kind of find, like uh, the, the the comfort spot within the craziness. And that's something I figure out, I'm trying to figure out for myself. And I think we have to do as a team as well. One of those new guys that you kind of mentioned is Alex Len and he's played really well the last couple of games and spoke really highly last week of the way that you guys have gelled together as a front court group, just through everything that you guys have been and, and attaching yourselves to new roles and things like that. As a as a group, as a collective, not individually, how how do you how do you view your guys' role in in a team with with two star starting guards, um, surrounded by a bunch of shooters? 
when when you zero it down to the front court, what do you guys? What is your goal when you go out on a game night? Honestly, I think as a def- as a as a as a center, I think the the biggest thing always it's always starts with defensive responsibility to kind of be the back line, to be the trusting um, last line of defense, and that everybody can trust. And that's something I think we we still got to get better at. But that's I mean. That's something like to communicate early. Don't give up free throw box outs. Like eliminate little mistakes so that people can build trust. And um, then obviously get your guys open and play um, and know your people too. I think that's a, that's been a big thing for me this year, just understanding who plays how and what do certain people need. Like Bradley Bia is somebody who likes screens, Russell Westbrook. It's coming downhill more because he's so explosive and doesn't necessarily need screens all the time. So you got to space the floor or cut at the right time. Davis Burton's obviously, I always look for him in transition. Though These are things that you kind of have to know and figure out um, and kind of play along these lines and kind of pluck holes defensively and be a guy that everybody can trust in the back line. The Brooklyn game was, you know, kind of like one for the ages in a way, like one of the better regular season games you'll probably ever see and get to play in. And you played super well in that game, really rolling off screens. A lot of dunks I didn't even know you had within you. You know, you kind of turning back the clock to Michigan, it seemed like. Uh, You're acting um, like I'm old. (laughs) Nah. But uh, for you, like, just how fun was that game to be a part of? Obviously, it helps when you win, but it it was obviously fun to watch. But to play in it, you know – a lot of times we were not like, oh, it must have been fun to play in that game because, you know, none of us are ever thinking about, oh, if I could play in the NBA right now, um, it would be fun to be in that game. Well, obviously it's fun to play, period. Um, just it is – it's not fun to get scored on every time down the court. And I think that's something against Brooklyn that you underestimate, even though you win, like they scored, they almost put 150 points on us. So it's like – Right, I think if I remember that correctly, so it's yeah. like th- that's tough. I, I'm, I'm, we're fortunate enough to win that game, but I remember the the atmosphere afterwards in the locker room wasn't like, okay, um, this was a game we should have won. It's more like, okay, like it's a relief in the locker room. Everybody's happy, but I mean, there's no work done. Like we got to use this opportunity next game and build upon this on this momentum, uh, which you unfortunately kind of didn't um, against Portland. So that's something where we got to grow as a team, I think. Um, because like you said, the quarter of the season is done already and you won't get that back. So, um, yeah, we got to, at some point you got to start winning. I think that final sequence is probably the highlight of this team's season so far. From your vantage yeah. point, what did it look like and how do you, like, putting yourself in the shoes of the guys that, you know, executed it. How, how do you even, how do you execute something that fast? I mean, that was incredible. Um, like the, the way Russ made it happen coming off of yeah. the steal from Garrison. Tell us what was going through your mind when you saw it. I mean, it's, that's what's basketball is so great because it's crazy. But I told Garrison after the game, obviously Garrison and I are very close and kind of play a similar role for the team, but, uh, which we communicate a lot and talk a lot off the court. But I told him after the game, I'm like, Garrison, you, you might be still young and new in this league. And you sometimes defensively, you do some crazy stuff. 
but dude, you're a winner. Like, it's just, that's just, like, I believe in that stuff. Like, he plays so hard every second of the basketball game. And um, good things happen to good people like that. So, um, the, the fact that Joe Harris throws that ball into his hands, that's not coincidence. Um, that's just, he's a winner and makes plays like that. And that Russell makes big shots. So, that's that's not a surprise to me. Um but, I mean, there are certain intangibles, and, and, and Garrison Matthews definitely played a huge role in that, I think. For Brad, I I feel like we – everyone is almost taking his consistency for granted almost. And when he dropped – you know, he had a, a, a rough game in Miami, and everyone's like, oh, my God, one for 14, seven points. Like, it just goes to show you how great he's been. And you've been with him for – over a year now, I mean, at this point, almost two years. Just what what has it been like to, to be around him and what just makes him keep that consistency? I mean, now he's leading the league um, in scoring. He's atop the East in votes. I mean, it, it's really cool to see how he's just jumped another level. Yeah, it's. I mean, you ask me how he do it, I don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> I wish I knew because <laughs> I could do the same thing. Like, the dude is incredible, man. Um, I always tell him I'm his biggest hype man when I'm out there because like, it's so easy to like play well with him on the court because all you got to do is get him open somehow, you know, as a big guy, it's uh, relatively easy if you know a little bit what you're doing. So um, I love playing with Brad. It's crazy when you don't really rack up that many wins, you don't get that national recognition that you would get. And his game is so solid. And I wouldn't say it's like simple, but like, he doesn't need crazy moves to get to the basket. He just is so, I don't know, he's just so good at what he does that he doesn't need all the crazy stuff. And I think that's why there are not as many highlight tapes out there on social media and it's not as flashy, but the dude wrecks him up, man. It's unbelievable. He's so consistent. And um, yeah, I'm very privileged to be uh, his teammate or have been his teammates for these past year and a half. So. Um, it's a lot of a lot of fun to watch him grow and play like that. His moves are so subtle too. Like that's probably like you're saying, like those yeah. those extra steps he takes. You know, whether it be in a step back or a euro or a you know a hezzy. Like, <laughs> there's five players in the league who can do that. It's also like as a big man, he's in his most underrated skill to me is is his cutting ability. He's so. Um, he moves so efficient and his cutting ability, like people jump him a lot and play on top of him with the handoff. So like his backdoor cuts, like he's so good at it and it makes it so easy for you as a big guy, because all you got to do is to put the ball up front and he'll, he'll get it. But he's an unbelievable cutter, I think. Can you talk about him a little bit from a leadership perspective? I think he's been so impressive this year as the team has struggled a bit in, in the first month or so and after every game it, it's it's just talking about keeping the head right he was he's just really impressive in the way that he talks about the young guys um and, and you can tell that he he relishes the opportunity to to lead and to to make uh to make other guys better what do you guys see from him behind the scenes that we might not i mean he it's, he's more the type of um like he he will speak up and Obviously, he's an incredible leader in a communicative way as well. But I think what makes him a great leader is his lead by example. Like, he holds everybody accountable by the way he works. 
Um, he has this routine that he does every day, um, the way he takes care of his body, um, the way he carries himself, honestly. Um, it's, uh, it's incredible. And um, yeah, I'm, it's just fun to be around because he, he doesn't make a huge deal out of himself, even though he averages 37 points a game, you know, like it's, <laughs> he just acts like he's one of the players. And that's like super, that's like for everybody else, that's like a great feeling because you don't feel nervous when you have the ball in your hands and shoot it. You know, sometimes that's the effect when somebody is so dominant that the others get scared when they have the ball in their hands and now they got to make a play. Like Brad isn't like that. He encourages people to play basketball, man. And um, it's uh, it's same with Russell, by the way. Um, yeah, it's two incredible guys that on that team. It's a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Obviously, it's always it sucks to say it's been a lot of fun when you haven't won a lot. So you got to change that. Yeah, it feel, I feel like this team is in this group is so determined to turn it around that it just feels inevitable that like you're going to string together these wins. And um, I know the, the schedule at any point when you're in the bottom of the standings, you know, every team is going to look at you and think, oh, you know, we should beat these guys tonight. But then you have an opportunity to just come and kind of, you know, punch them in the face and just kind of take over the game. Is that like being an underdog? Is that something that like you like to be? I, I feel like you haven't really been an underdog most of your career, but now on this team, um, last year too, you guys kind of had to had to do that too, where maybe they wouldn't take you as seriously because they you were missing John and it was just kind of Brad and a bunch of guys nobody really knew as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, n I never thought about it from an underdog perspective. It's more like the goal is free set. Like, everybody wants to make the freaking playoffs. There's no getting around that. So we always talk about that. And uh, we didn't talk about that last year. This year, it's, like, clear. Yeah. So we got to figure out a way to, to get there. And that's kind of the mission. And with that type of sense of urgency, we got to practice and play, especially every day and kind of come to work every day. And, um, yeah, that's why I'm – that's why I said this about the leadership of these two guys, because they have that sense of urgency. So us young guys, we got to, we got to um, follow their foot, footsteps, you know, and got to pull along um, because it needs everybody on the team, um, even the last guy. And I think this team has been doing a great job of like being conscious about that and kind of, yeah, kind of working towards, but we got to get to the playoffs, man. That's the goal. Well, we look forward to, watching that process play out and we wish you guys the best as you wrap up the rest of this road trip. And we appreciate you taking some time tonight, man. No problem guys. I appreciate you.